What's up, Edge? I'm very excited to be here tonight. This is my very first time at a singles Devo or event. And I, I feel the spirit in here. It's fired up in here. It's exciting. I'm uh, very grateful to have been asked to come. Uh, and it's definitely an honor to be able to be here to speak to you tonight. And uh, thank you so much, Lenz and Ramona, for sharing about me. Love you both so much. And uh, super encouraged by uh, what you both had to say. Now, I have a picture of my family to throw up on the screen there. And uh, I know Bill's helping me out here. There's my beautiful wife, Chelsea, my two boys, Bradley and Tyler. They're very close in age, uh, two and eight months. And I uh, love my family. This is the first picture we've ever taken where both kids are looking at the camera and my eyes were closed. But thankfully, Daryl Jones, who took the picture, photoshopped eyes from another picture of me onto this one. So we got this family picture now and Chelsea's happy about it. So I didn't... Daryl was my, my salvation in this picture here. But that's my family. Uh, my wife and I love working with the campus ministry in New Jersey and for the New York City Church. We love working with Stephen and Hannah and Shauna, who's here, and the rest of our campus staff team. We love working with the campus ministry. Uh, but it is very exciting to be here with the singles tonight, with the Edge Ministry. And there's some, some amazing, amazing men and women in here that I know from campus uh, ministry who've gone on to be great disciples here. Lenz and Ramona, as well as so many other familiar faces. And man, it's just so refreshing to be in here, uh, to see the heart, to see the, the faith of so many of you. And I just want to say to everyone I know who came from campus and those of you that have been here uh, longer than that, that I'm very proud of your faith and your undivided devotion to God. I'm proud of it and you should be proud of it. God is with the people in this room. And, you know, so I want to understand who I'm preaching to tonight. Am I in a room of people who want to do great things for God in this city? That's what I thought. I wasn't sure, but since being here, I got that feeling. Moving in my heart. Moving in your heart. You know, I was asked to preach on embracing the mission, being on fire for the lost. And you know, I really think that the raw potential to build the kingdom and advance, advance the gospel in this room just flat excites me. You know, there, there's a lot of potential in this room to do incredible things for God. So you can turn to Acts chapter 11. And the title of my lesson tonight is Connected to Our City. We want to be connected to our city. If you want to see amazing things happen in our, in our city through the Edge ministry, you have to be connected with God's vision for the city. And you have to be connected with His plan to use you in that vision. Right? God's got a vision and He's got a plan to use you in that vision. We've got a huge mission field. New York City. Isn't it overwhelming? Yeah. You know, it's arguably the world's most influential city in the world. You know, so we need to be connected with our mission and mission field. And I want to say that Edge has a huge role in that. Perhaps the biggest role to be connected with New York City. In 2014, for the first time in recorded history, the number of unmarried adults surpassed the number of married adults in New York City. Less and less people are getting married, and more and more people are getting divorced. And so your population pool is growing. And that's an exciting thing. There are millions of single adults in New York City to bring to God. More than there are any other demographic. Do you realize that? You know, so for us as a church, 
to be connected to our city, your piece in that is arguably the most significant by sheer numbers. You know, to be connected to our city as a church, your piece is the largest. This, this is your city. New York City is the edge city. And I really think God's vision is for this ministry to be an incredibly vibrant, fruitful part of the church. You know, I think about campus compared to Edge. You guys are more mature. Don't tell them I said any of this. They won't handle as well. They're not as mature. You're more mature. You're more responsible. You have more money. And then arguably to the... To compare to the marriage, you maybe you have more time. No kids, no spouse. You're, in many ways, you're free. And so there's some great opportunity for God to use you in this room. You know, so the focus, the focus, the vision, the goal of the New York Edge ministry for you to be connected with, I believe, must be to lead the way for the church of what it looks like to be a people who are undividedly devoted to God. This is what it looks like when you're undividedly devoted to God. That should be your vision, your focus. And in that devotion, you have this radical drive to use your time to use your resources, to use your freedom to save as many as possible in this incredible city. Now, I believe that the singles ministry is God's secret weapon in our New York City church that He wants to unleash. So I've got two points to help you connect with that and to inspire you towards unleashing yourselves as the secret weapon. You know, the sheriffs did an amazing job tonight, didn't they? You know, I want to give it up for them, everybody who came up and shared. They said a lot of good stuff. I felt like, do I even need to come up here and say anything? You know, so they shared a lot of great ideas, practicals, things to help us with evangelism. And so I just kind of want to get up here and just put a little gas on the fire. To inspire you, if you get any, anything out of this, just to, to leave here inspired. To have some, some, not just a feeling, right? Not leave with feeling, but to leave with some new convictions and some decisions from that inspiration to go out and connect with the city and save the lost. So let's read Acts 11 as the example of some great disciples in the early church to follow. My two points for us tonight are dream big and do your part. Dream big, do your part. Acts 11 verse 19 to 26. Because now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, they brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Now this is an amazing passage of Scripture. How would you like for this paragraph, these verses, to describe the New York Edge ministry? You know, I believe that it can. And so our first point for tonight is dream big. 
When it comes to the mission, individually and as a ministry, where are your expectations? Do you have any? Are your expectations small or are they godly? You know, we got to believe that God is great. And therefore His dreams are great and then we need to share in His big dreams. We have a big God, we've got a big city, and so we've got to have some big dreams to go with that. You know, I like how three times it says here, great numbers of people. Emphasizing, look, it wasn't just a few people, great numbers of people were being brought to the Lord. It was awesome. And so God doesn't want us to have a few people here and there being forgiven of their sins. He wants to see great numbers of people being brought from the dark to the light. That's, right. That's what we could be dreaming about. It's not just, let's save someone, but man, God is with us. We could save a whole lot of people. These are His lost children, and God wants as many of them as possible to return home to Him. So why can't we dream big? Why can't we see great numbers of people become disciples? How can we expect this? Well, before it said great numbers of people the first time, it said that it comes from the fact that The hand of the Lord was with them. And so we could dream big that, man, we're going to help a lot of people if we could first connect with the fact that the hand of the Lord is with us. The hand of the Lord is with you. The church in Acts knew that God was with them. The Spirit was with them and they knew that. And that's something that we must know as well. You know, the Bible says that apart from God, we can do nothing. And we need to remember that to keep us humble. But we also need to remember the other side of the story. Apart from Him, we could do nothing. But with Him, anything is possible. And we can focus on that as well. But you know what? God is with us. Apart from Him, we could do nothing. But we're not apart from Him. The hand of the Lord is with us. And so we can do incredible things to His glory. Do you believe the hand of the Lord is with you? As you go through your day personally or as a ministry, do you believe that God is with you? And if you do, you should base your life, confidence and faith on that conviction. That the hand of the Lord is with the New York Edge ministry. Amen? Amen. So what are you going to do with it? God's like, look, here's my hand. It's with you. I've got my hand right here with you. We reach out our hand. What are we going to do back? Are we just going to dead fish God's hand? Are we going to firmly grasp it or high five and say, all right, God, let's do this. You know, so let's not embarrass Let's not embarrass God's power by expecting too little. But embrace God's power by expecting Him to move. Amen? I love the New York City Church. I love being part of the New York City Church. It has an an inspiring history. You know, in 1983, 18, 18 disciples with a big dream for God's kingdom moved to New York City. And I think they believed that the Lord's hand was with them. And so they acted like His hand was with them, and therefore they saw some amazing things happen. You know, I've read that their theme scripture when planting the church here was Ezekiel 36 verse 38 that could be on the screen. That passage says, The ruined cities will be filled with flocks of people. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Eighteen disciples in a city of 18 million believed that an all-powerful, all-loving God was with them, that the people in this spiritually ruined city needed to know. And they had a will faith in God, where it says the ruined cities will be filled with flocks of people. He is going to do this. They had a will faith in God. Not a, he might, he could, or he should. The city will be filled. 
And from that faith, their way of life followed. In June 1983, God sent 18 disciples to plant the New York City Church from the Boston Church of Christ. Just four months later, they had already doubled in number. Jesus says four months until the harvest, now is the time, right? Doubled in the first four months. Three years later, by September of 1986, that one group of 18 had become 18 Bible talks across the New York City area. Everyone met in Manhattan every Sunday and multiple times a week, and the average attendance on Sunday was 680 people. That's just after three years, 18 to almost 700. Six months after that, they hit 1,000 in their average attendance. By May 1988, five years after the planting, attendance was nearly 2,000. And 300 people were baptized in just the first three months of that year. By June of 1990, seven years after the church planting, the church set a goal to baptize 100 people in one week. And they baptized 105 people that week. By the end of 1990, the year I was born, over 3,000 people at church every week. I know that might be crazy for some of you. It's crazy for me. Over 3,000 people by the end of that seventh year. Can you say the hand of the Lord was with them? They must have believed that. Not to mention church plantings in Africa, the Caribbean, South America, and other places as well. Not just in New York, what God was doing. Isn't that inspiring? And I want to throw something on top of that. The most thriving, fruitful ministry for those years was the singles ministry. The singles ministry. I think we saw those first years the the secret weapon unleashed. People undividedly devoted to God. You know, they faithfully dreamed big, stayed focused, and worked hard. Their expectation... Their expectation of God doing something was bigger than their excuses not to do something. And that's what we need to have is an expectation that God will work that can override any excuses that keep us from working and providing the opportunity for God to move. And I really think they believe that God not only could, but would use them. And that's the faith that we need to have. Pure, unhindered faith. You know that theme verse from Ezekiel in greater context... Before it says what I read, it starts off by saying, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Once again, will the ruined cities be filled with flocks of people. Then they will know that I am the Lord. If you look at the Old Testament, it was multiple times that God had to bring His people back together. And to fill a ruined city of Jerusalem. And so something we see about God is what He's done before He can do again. You know, this was their theme passage because they saw... They saw God move in the New Testament church and they were pleading for God to do what they saw in the Bible in their own time. Do this once again, God. And so now in 2018, there are even more lost people that God loves here now than there were in 1983. The city is still in spiritual ruins. We've got to connect with that. We've got to see that people are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then if we can connect with the fact that God has a heart for this city, that we could believe that He wants to do what He's done before once again. That the singles ministry once again can be leading as the church's evangelistic secret weapon. So I want you to connect with God's vision for your singles ministry in your region as a whole, your Bible talk, whatever it is, to really own it. And to really believe in, and make it a very real ambition, God is going to use us in a really big and inspiring way. 
You know, as I close out on this point, I want to encourage you about someone who's on your team. How many of you can remember being in elementary school and being picked for teams or whatever, and then you get that one guy or that one girl, that best, best guy or the best girl on your team, and then you're like, whew, alright, we're going to win. You know, or they're on the other team, and you're like, man, I thought we were going to have a chance today. You know, no matter what Bible talk you're in or region or what ministry you're in, You've got someone on your team that should make you feel that way. The hand of the Lord is with you. You know, you can look at the list of names of your Bible talk, and I want you to add somebody on there. Write Jesus Christ. Because He said, I'm with you always when He sent us out to go make disciples. So you've got to believe it's not just us sitting here, Jesus is here too. Right? And that could help us to have not a God could faith, but a God will faith. Because He's here with us right now. And He's with you as you're walking around sharing your faith. The hand of the Lord is with us. So let's dream big. Amen? Amen. Let's dream big. And with that, let's also do our part. You know, we can't just sit down and think about, all right, God's going to work, God's going to move, and then not do anything. Right? And I do want to encourage you that it's a good thing that we have a part to do in this. Right? Imagine a big dream and and then God saying, well, you're actually going to sit this one out. That'd be so discouraging. Instead, God says, you know what? I'm going to be with you and we're going to be co-workers in this. And I'm going to use you to do something that has eternal significance instead of you wasting your life in things that only matter while you're here. You know, but we've got to do our part. We've got to decide, I'm going to engage and I'm going to do my part. But I want you to know that every person has a role in this. You know, to see the secret weapon unleashed, to see New York City one, to see great numbers of people come to the Lord... You've got to know that you have a part in that happening. God can, plans, and wants to use every single person to impact this city. And so you've got to connect with your part in God's vision and then fulfill your part of it. Say, God, I want to do my part. And I do want to promise you that if you do your part in God's plan, that that will fulfill you more than doing anything else will. When you're really doing God's will and letting Him use you, you find so much more fulfillment in that than any salary that you could earn or experience you could have or anything that you could post that you did. Or Like, there's just more fulfillment in helping someone become a Christian and staying saved yourself than there is in anything else. You know, in Acts 11, when Barnabas got there, it said that he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their heart. He said, remain true to the Lord with all of your heart. And then with doing our part, what do we need to do? We've got to remain true. We've got to stay focused. And not casually, but passionately. With all of your heart, remain true. And so we've got to stay focused and be invested. That's what he's saying here. Remain true with all of your heart. Stay focused. Be invested. Do your part. What keeps us from doing our part? You know, I think for me and maybe for some of you, what can keep us from doing our part is maybe just not caring enough. You know, we're lacking compassion and not thinking about, man, people are actually lost. They don't have what I have. And the longer we're a Christian, the further removed we are from what it was like to not be one. And we've got to remember where we were. You know, what else can keep us from doing our part? A lack of belief. Jesus did not do many miracles there because of a lack of faith. Now, if you just believe God can't use me, when's the last time? When, you know, this group, look at us. Like, you, the lack of faith in God can keep us from doing our part. Excuses, right? And the list could go on with them and you could think about what are excuses you make. I think a big one is distractions. You know, you know, well, yeah, I'm supposed to be on the mission, but then we just get so distracted so easily. 
How many of you have tried to diet before and then gotten distracted? You know, I, me for sure. You know, you might decide, alright, I'm going to diet, I'm going to be healthy. You get up, and maybe these will be on the screen. You have a smoothie for breakfast, and you're like, great. And then you have a nice salad for lunch. Success. And then you go home, you have grilled chicken, broccoli and rice, the classic, I'm healthy now dinner, that you get sick of after a week. But then, then you're walking through New York City, and you pass by one of these ridiculous places and see some good milkshakes. And you get a little bit distracted. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be healthy and yet I follow some pages like this on Instagram. And I'll say it distracts me. But if I can just pretend I'm tasting it, maybe it'll, it'll keep me from actually eating it. You know, just today I woke up and had every intention to be healthy today. And I went to this graduation party and out, out come the wings, the Jamaican patties, and all sorts of other stuff. And I just, I was like, it's a celebration. Make the most of every opportunity. I ate three plates of these appetizers. They were small plates. And then somebody told me after the first one, you know there's going to be lunch too. And I was like, oh really? And I thought that meant so then cool it, but I just, I went back anyway. We get distracted, right? We might decide, you might wake up and say, I'm going to be on the mission, but then we get distracted. Something discourages us or you just get busy with something else, you get back in your routine. And if you haven't been sharing for a while, it could be easy to fall back into that. You know, on a diet, if you eat poorly every day, then go one to two days a month fasting, then back to poor eating, you're not going to be any thinner or healthier at the end of the month. But if you change one unhealthy meal every day into a healthy one, you're going to see progress. Two, you'll see even more. All three, you're really going for it. You know, what makes the difference is staying focused and being consistent. You know, perhaps we don't see the victories in evangelism that we want to see simply because we just have such a hard time staying focused and being consistently connected with our mission. It's spotty and then weeks go by, months go by. Maybe for some years go by without being in Bible studies with somebody. You know, we care about saving the lost for a moment or a day and then our care goes elsewhere. We start sharing regularly for a day or for a person or for a week, looking for opportunities, then drift back into comfort or just stop thinking about it. And it loses our minds. These people in Acts 11 were scattered from a persecution. They were scattered, but they were not shaken. They stayed focused. They preached the word wherever they went. You know, they got, they got thrown out of where they were living. And yet they stayed focused on the mission. We'd be like, well, i got to figure out where I'm going to live first. And then I'll figure out being in studies or sharing my faith. But they got kicked out of where they were living and they were like, but they're preaching the word wherever they went. You know, they were tempted to be distracted. We can assume because Barnabas had to encourage them to remain true to the Lord with all their heart. And so they too were distracted. We get distracted, but we need people in our life and we need to just let God Himself tell us Stay true with all your heart. Keep going. Stay focused. We've got to stay the course in our own discipleship. And we must stay the course in the mission. And I want to encourage you to stay connected with doing your part of the mission. As a daily part of your life, when you see people, remember you're on a mission to seek and save the lost. We are not just going through life with a side hobby of soul saving like some book that we've been waiting to read or a video game that you've been wanting to beat or a restaurant you've been wanting to try. Evangelism can't fall into those umbrellas. We're on a mission. It's got to be focused, number one, because the souls of lost people that God loves are on the line. 
You know, what helps me stay connected with doing my part? Because I get distracted, I get nervous and all that stuff as well. For starters, just pray every single day about the lost. You know, that's got to be part of your daily prayer. You know, on earth as it is in heaven and, and about advancing God's kingdom as Jesus taught us to pray about. You know, if every day you pray, God, help me to meet someone today. Help me just to share my faith today. Or every day you make sure you pray for a lost person that they would become a Christian. Praying about it in the morning or throughout your day is going to help put it on your heart and on your mind more frequently. So pray about it. Secondly, I would say seek regularly and speak regularly. Work yourself into the habit. Even if there's nervousness, I'll say this, I'm still nervous. I've gone days where I've shared with four or five hundred people in a day. I've had weeks maybe where I've only shared with a handful of people. Like Esty said, the nervousness doesn't go away for a lot of us. And so I'd like to say you just kind of have to get over it. You know, if you wait for the nervousness to go away, you're never going to share your faith. We just got to decide, okay, why does the Bible say don't be afraid so many times? Because people were afraid. They were nervous. We just got to seek regularly and speak regularly. You know, for me that means keeping it on my mind at all times. You know that, okay, like when I'm out doing things, the, the idea of sharing my faith needs to be on my radar. Right? I need to seek regularly. Always be looking. Right? And, and for me, it's just a conviction of I should always be in a Bible study with somebody. You know, I'm following Jesus. I'm trying to be like Jesus. And multiple times in the Gospels, it says things like Jesus was teaching every day. I was in the temple courts teaching you every day. And so I'm not saying we, need, we should be in the Bible every day ourselves. But at least to regularly in your weekly life to be involved in a Bible study with somebody is definitely in the direction of being like Jesus. And that should be convictions of ours as I'm always in a Bible study with a lost person. Or I'm always looking for someone to be in one with. You know, it said a great number of people became disciples. It also said a great number of people were taught the word of the Lord. You know, maybe why we don't see a lot of baptisms is simply because there's not a lot of people studying the Bible. It takes a lot of seeds to be planted and watered to see fruit born. You know, Jesus talks about four soils, only one makes it. That's 25% if he's even looking to communicate percentages. But as I go through campus ministry, I see it. I see we've got to study with 25 people maybe to baptize one person. Because most people aren't that open. And so we've got to go, you know, like raise our our expectations of, we've just got to study the Bible with a lot of people. And then we're going to see more people become Christians. You know, keep your eyes open. As you're going through your day at work, the grocery store, wherever you are, keeping your eyes open and looking for people that you could share with opportunities. I love what Juan said about being versatile. And okay, I could share with this person this way and this person this way. But the idea is, it's always on your mind. And the last thing I'll say before moving on is that we've got to be willing to leave comfort zones and embrace building community. You know, I know it could be so easy to be in your routine where you get up, you go to work, you go home, and you stay home. But to help people become Christians, you've got to get out of your house and you've got to be around people. You know, hang out with other disciples and go out and do things. Pull people in, build relationships, do things together. You know, you've got to care more about people connection than Wi-Fi connection. You've got to care more about making new friends than being on Netflix, right? If you want to see people become Christians, you've got to get out of your comfort zone and just go embrace new relationships. It's always awkward at first, but if you can get through that stage, you're going to see some people become Christians. You know, so those are some things that helped me and the people that shared, shared a lot of great practicals as well. But I really want you to leave tonight believing that you can be used by God 
to play a significant part in this. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the Bible. You've got prayer, faith. Jesus said, I'm with you always. You have a part to do in this. So let God use you to do it. Let God use you to do it. I want you to ask yourself, how does your drive to build God's kingdom and your effort to do your part compare to other ambitions in your life right now? If you looked at your ambition and your passion and your effort in other areas of your life, how does it compare with fulfilling God's mission? What's holding you back? You know, I think if Barnabas was here, if Jesus was here, he would, he would encourage us to remain true to the Lord with all of our hearts. That we would stay focused on the mission He sent us on, not casually, but passionately. With all of our hearts. God wants to use all of us. You know, being used by God to help people become Christians is, is easily the most fulfilling part of my life. Now look back at the relationships, the people, some people that were friends already, people that were complete strangers and now are some of my closest friends. You know, I just go to God, thank you for letting me part of this mission. Because I wouldn't have this, I wouldn't be part of this if it wasn't for that. And I'm so grateful that I get to be part of this. And that God gets to use me. But the truth is, no matter who you are, God wants to use you to bring Him glory. There's nothing special about me. You don't have to be a young Christian or a a wise Christian. You don't have to be in campus ministry or singles ministry. You don't have to be in New Jersey or New York. It doesn't have to be a special year or a special month. At any given time, God is ready to use you and wants to use you. All you need is God. All you need is God to do your part and to be used by Him. And so that's what He's calling us to be is just individual disciples Filling our heart with a fire and a big dream for God that are ready to go out by faith and to do our part. Amen? Amen. So what do you want to see happen? I want you to talk to each other. Think about it. What do you want to see happen? You know, my greatest hope is that you leave here tonight focused and connected with God's dream to use you to save lost people in this city. You have a part to play. But you've got to have faith and decide to go for it, believing the hand of the Lord is with me, the hand of the Lord is with us. Amen? Amen. Can we get focused and go for this? Can we reload the evangelistic secret weapon of the singles in New York City? I think it's happening. As I'm here tonight, the stuff that's going on, God wants to do amazing things here. I want to encourage you, dream big. The hand of the Lord is with you. And do your part. Stay focused. Remain true to the Lord with all of your heart. And I really think like the 12 in AD 33 and the 18 in 1983, we can once again fill this ruined city with flocks of people to God's glory. Amen? Thank you.